Guys, welcome to Nathan K Ginger Beer Podcast. On the couch today, we've got you and Thomas. Welcome. I nearly had a ginger beard, didn't I? I had a ginger moustache until about an hour ago. Oh, gutted. Absolutely. I really wanted to see I what it was like. It looked insane. Yeah, I might grow it back. What, just because you like? I'd rather, I might just do the beard, like, like, but the, no longer than what you've got. Yeah, don't go longer than this. No, it gets irritating. Like a trendy one. <laughs> I feel a little bit naked without the tash. It does feel a bit weird. Yeah, you look, actually, it actually really suited it's you. Gone. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. Lovely. You're Lovely. Right. Thank you. So, how's your journey been? What journey this your, morning or life journey? No, we'll go to your journey this morning because your journey's in life, in every day, absolute mental. But journey in life, what, what was your highest point in your career? What, what was the, the point that sticks out you think, I could live that every day? I've got a couple of points, really. I, I think... 1997 when I got the British record, which still stands, Stands, 22, 23 years on. I mean, that's amazing. But for me, the whole 98 year was just, it was a dream because it didn't start off too well because Mark Richardson, my great rival, was beating me. He'd beaten me five times out of five on the Grand Prix circuit. But that year it was the Commonwealth Games, the European Championships and the World Cup. And I was desperate to win one of those because I'd had a really bad World Championships in 1997. I got the British record. I was in the shape of my life. And I messed the final up in the 400. I really tried to beat Johnson, not just run my own race. I just tried to put him under pressure. Went off way too hard, ended up coming sixth when I was ranked two in the world. I ended up coming away with a relay medal, which was silver, turned into a gold years later when they admitted drug taking. Mm. Another story that is. But anyway, I think my highlight was the whole of the 98 season. I became the European champion, which we said that's the one race, if I could say, my first individual gold medal, won the Europeans. Came back, won the 4x4 as well. Then I went on to the World Cup where Mark Richardson and a lot of my rivals didn't because they'd gone straight to Kuala Lumpur for the Commonwealth Games. Mm. I chose to go to South Africa for the World Cup where I also won the 400. We got a silver in the relay and then I had to fly that night, land at Kuala Lumpur yeah. and run the next morning. So literally, I had no time to get over jet lag. I was all over the place. Didn't you win though? I won as well, yeah, because I think I didn't have time for jet lag. I think I just arrived and went, oh, here we go. <laughs> Heats, quarterfinal, semi-final, final. I just blitzed all the rounds. Just... I was on that crest of a wave. I was in that zone where, you know what it's like in life. You, you know, you're having a week where everything you touch turns to gold. You're just having one of those moments. Every traffic light's green. Everyone <laughs> opens the door for you. Everyone's nice. Whatever it might be. I was in that, 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 I had that invincibility about me. Honestly, 98 season, I, I, I think I could have beat Michael Johnson that year. Like, Did, just honestly, because I, although he's quicker than me, I just had that, something about I was an animal that year. That's the comes best mental strength though, right? Because surely yeah. you were jet lagged. Surely you had physical fatigue. I was all over the well, place. But surely that mental strength just drove you, that confidence. I wouldn't let anyone beat me at the Commonwealth Games. I thought it was the end of the year. I thought just one more competition. I'd won the Europeans. If I'm honest, that's all I wanted, win the Europeans. Won the World Cup. I thought, wow, bonus. And also financially, the World Cup was a great race to win. And then I thought, you can do it, you know, Commonwealth Games. And I remember I won the Commonwealth Games and then people started talking about sports personality of the year. You know, you're going to be right up there. And I was going, do you reckon? And that year I I won the World Sports Personality and I was runner up at BBC behind Michael Owen. And I was just like... I must have had a good year then, you know, because <laughs> at the time you're just like, you're, you're that young kid. And for me, my life really changed then because I came back from that 98 season, got an MBE. I had a Madame Two Swords wax. That was, I thought that was a wind up. The MBE, I ignored the letters. I threw it in the bin. <laughs> no legit, because you get written to by the palace. And I thought, that's one yeah, of my mates yeah. that is. I screwed it up and I just thought, and then they wrote to me again and said, you have not replied. You've been put forward to become a member well. of the British Empire. And I went... Mum, I found my mum, went, Mum, do you reckon this is legit? She goes, it sounds it. <laughs> so like, it was just like I didn't believe it because for me, I just was like, I was just that lad who moves to Southampton to try and be an athlete and 
I would have run for nothing. I loved being an athlete, honestly, every day I miss it. And to get things like accolades, like an MBE or a Madame Tussauds wax, at the time with Madame Tussauds, I think I was only the second athlete to ever be in there behind Jesse wow, Owens. Wow, incredible. So like, it, but I felt really sorry for them because I was voted to be in there and this is so bad. And then the wax work got made and I was there for the unveiling. And the following year I got a really bad injury and I never ran, prop, never ran that well again. Oh. And I just thought <laughs> they must have melted me down within six months. I don't know how it works, but I'm not in there anymore. But yeah, I mean, things like that are really nice for my family to witness as well. Of course. What was, they're the great times and we yeah. love them, but tell us about a bad time in, in, your, in your career. Yeah, the following year. So 98 was amazing. And, not, and, I, and, I, and I truly think now when I look back, me talking about running around the world, jet lag, just getting on with it, I, I overdid it. I, I physically and mentally broke myself. I thought I'd be okay. But the following year, I used to train in South Africa in January for the weather and I went out there. And I had a really, really sore leg and this injury and I couldn't understand what was going on. I had scans, everything was fine. And I kept running through it. I came back to Britain, it had some MRI scans and stuff, some, some better medical backup if you want. And it turned out I had like a cyst in my femur. So I must have had a little stress fracture and just kept training on it. My coach was very old school. So he was like, does it hurt? I went, yeah, can you run? I thought I can run, but I can't walk for two days after. Get on with it, you'll be all right. <laughs> it's a bit of bruising, a bit of cramp. You know, he, he, didn't, he didn't get it, bless him. So I, I, in essence, I broke myself and I had to have really quite serious surgery on that femur. And I was out for 12 months, which doesn't sound a lot, but for an athlete, that's a, that's a lot. Lifetime, yeah. So literally I got back kind of like back end of the Olympic year 2000, wasn't selected for the 400, just did the relay. And I never really got back to running those kind of times. Well, I didn't get back to running the times because I think when you're young and you're fit and you're training six, seven days a week, you're invincible. But mm. once you've had a big setback, it's really hard to get back from that. Because when? your body compensates, you know, other things sure. deteriorate and stuff. They do. Well, once you've got an injury there, it then goes to the other side. Yeah. And then, so, and you, then you get another injury because you start walking funny on this one. Yeah. Well, after that, when did you then start thinking, what's after running? What's after athletics? Well, I never wanted to accept it, so I carried on running. I went to the Commonwealth Games in 2002 just for the relay. I was um, the defending champion for the 400, but I couldn't defend it. Ended up getting a silver in the relay, and I thought, that's not bad, considering I'm like literally hobbling along. And I just sort of went through another couple of years thinking, this is it, I'm going to get back, I'm going to get back, and I didn't. And then I just thought, what am I going to do? And I'd already had a few requests to do a bit of TV here and there, a bit of TV shows. And I, I remember I did something on RTV called Celebrity Wrestling. And my coach was like, you're not doing it. And I said, listen, my career's done. Let's be honest, I can't train more than two days a week. And I ended up doing that program on ITV. I ended up winning it. And, I, and, I, and I'd never been in that TV world like that. You know, of course, I'd done Question of Sport and I'd have been interviewed, but I'd never sort of been on a big, big glossy show, if you want. And I kind of quite enjoyed it. And I just found myself being a bit of a natural on the camera. Like, even when I was an athlete, with the 4x4s, we used to, like, so there was me, Jamie Balsh, Roger Black, and Mark Richardson. And me and Jamie were, were teammates and roommates, and we were a right laugh. So, like, say, for example, we just got an Olympic silver medal. We're about to have an interview. I'd say to Jamie, right, you've got to say the word banana. You're right, you've got to slip in, oh, say peanut. And I'd be like, right. <laughs> and they come to us, and Mark Richardson would be all serious. And, and then me and Jamie would be like, yeah, went down the back straight, like, like a peanut I was. <laughs> it didn't make sense. But I, I, I was quite comfortable at being an idiot in front of the camera and enjoying myself. And I don't know, I kind of just fell into doing TV work. And then, I, you know, since then, I've, I've presented on The One Show. I, I've done all sorts of brilliant stuff. I've interviewed the Prime Minister on The One Show. Some really highbrow stuff that I never thought I'd ever do just being an athlete and sometimes I have to pinch myself and think, you know, I've, I've done okay really because I only had three or four really good seasons and I had lots of injuries and it, 
it's nice to still be asked to do stuff off the back of what I did as an athlete 20 years ago. Yeah, no, it is nice. So I feel proud because, and I mean this with the most respect, there's a lot of ex-retired sportsmen, especially athletes out there, who achieved as much as I did, if not more, but you don't hear from them because maybe, I don't know, that sounds like I'm being arrogant, but maybe they haven't got something about or after sport. I don't know, or, yeah. or, you know. So, so hopefully it just, I'd, I'd like you, to think it means I'm accepted. No, you, you've sort of not found another passion, but you found something that you enjoy doing, yeah. which some people don't, because look, all of your life, training, like running was your passion. That was what you loved doing, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden it finishes, it's like, what else now? Yeah. And other people just don't find that. Whether they've got something about them or not, they just haven't found what they enjoy doing. Yeah. But you found TV. But I think all found... of us in this world, who, whoever we are, whatever we do, I think we've, we're all talented mm. and we've all got things we could be good at. And I think it's only a certain percentage of people are lucky enough to find their true talent. Mine was running, mine was sport. There's other people out there who are brilliant with numbers. There's people who are great with people or good with working with children or, or with people with disabilities. You know, they've got patience, whatever it might be. I think yeah. all of us... I've got a chosen path, but I just think, unfortunately, not all of us go down the correct path. And, and it saddens me to think there's so much talent out there in this world. Yeah. And some people haven't found what they like doing. They haven't found their passion. And it, it saddens me a little bit to think there's a lot of wasted talent out there. And I don't mean sporting talent. I mean, it's just generally good people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, t now you do a lot of TV, you do a lot of radio, you do you know, the social media side of things. Yeah. What apart from that, and I know obviously Teddy's your life and yeah, your yeah, family's yeah. your love, what other passion do you have? Cars. Ah, here we go. Motorbikes, <laughs> speed, anything fast, any, yeah. I've, I've always been into cars. I must admit, as, as an athlete, one thing I'll say, I was very sensible was with my money. I always invested everything, uh, properties, investments and so forth. But the one thing I wasn't sensible with was with cars. I've, I've got a thing for cars. I mean, I, you haven't got long enough if I threw the li <laughs> threw, went through the list of my cars. I've had, what was honestly, your first car? So my first car was a Ford Escort. Um, that was bought for me from my athletics club. It was a bit, so basically, when I came back from those World Junior Championships, no one knew, everyone was like, who is this kid? I haven't got a club, never, <laughs> I haven't got a coach. And all these different clubs, like Thames Valley, Harriers, and all these clubs were saying, well, Belgrave, come and, come and run for us. And I was, I'm not saying I was savvy then, what's in it for me? And one club offered me a Ford Fiesta, right? A brand new Fiesta. <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm a student, I haven't got a car. And then my club knew him, found out about it, said, we'll do you an escort. And I went, all right then, do you an escort, sounded dodgy. Ford Escort, you know what I mean. Yeah. So uh, Ford Escort, so yeah, my first car was Ford Escort. Then I remember I got a bit of lottery funding when I at uni I started, everyone was going, yeah, you could be good, give him three grand a year. So I bought a Peugeot 205 GTI, Ooh, the 1.9, nice which what now color? is worth about 50 grand, it would be at least. It was red. red. Oh, red It was one. so nice. And I had that as a student, so, and, and then, I think I went from there, I think I went from there to a Lotus Elise. Do you remember when they oh came my out? God, I got, that was my first ever brand new car I bought. So when I won, I think it was after 97 World Champs, 96 after the Olympics, I signed a pretty good four-year deal with a shoe company. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I bought a house, I've got a Lotus on order. I was like, ooh. I wasn't trying to live the rock and roll, but all of a sudden I had a bit, you know, I've come from a lucky back. I did listen, I've not had a horrible upbringing or anything like that, so I've no. been fortunate. But, you know, to buy a car like that, a 21-year-old or something, I was like, yeah, I love cars. I've gone through all sorts, honestly. I've had TVR Tuscans, I've had Jaguar XFR, XKR. <laughs> I've had, what else have I had? I've had a BMW 435i, I've had, um, I've had so many more better cars than that. Well, what? a Mini Cooper Works. I even bought that as a little spare car, I loved that. Then I've had the Lamborghini Huracan, I've had the Bentley Onyx, uh, I've got the Mercedes C63 AMG. Nice. Um, but you also there's much your more bikes. than that. Well, so I had, I've had so many cars. 
Yeah. You had a Ducati as well, right? Yeah, Ducati 1098. Bought that brand when they came out. Got that new. Serious bike. I've got a really, and when I say this next bike, everyone's like, sounds like an old man, but it's not. I've got like a, a customized Harley. So mm. I got Harley Davidson, which I love, but it was a little bit, it was a bit boring. Yeah. So I've had it literally chopped up. It's like a bobber <laughs> bike. It is so good. It spits flames. It's, it's mega. Yeah, so, I absolutely love it. So is that your passion? Oh, I've had an R8 as well. Oh, I forgot about my R8. Tough life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just, I like cars. Um, I've had other motorbikes, so I've had a couple of Yamaha R1s, which are absolute beasts. Amazing. I went from passing my test on a TZR 125 mm -hmm. to an R1. It was like ridiculous. <laughs> so I went from a 125 to a 1,000cc monster. I had a couple of those. Those bikes are quick. amazing. 184 I had on that was my best. That was my PB. Oh, 184. We're, so we're, scary. We'll say it was on a track day, obviously. <laughs> yeah, of course, track day. Yeah. But that's crazy. It's, it's so stroke. scary, but the adrenaline from a bike is so different to a car. Yeah. I, I found myself, and this is legit, like, I think it'd be different. I didn't have my son then, but if I did, I wouldn't have a bike like that. But I found myself thinking, I'm either going to lose my license or kill myself. Yeah. Because, you know, those bikes were ridiculous. They'd go from like, 60 to 150 like that whatever yeah. you know and it is literally just like a rocket mm. and although i miss having a sports bike i think if i was to get another one i'd get just a track bike yeah. it's a lot safer just on the track there's no lampposts about there's no cars coming the other way i very rarely use the motorbike i've got if i'm honest with you it's more of a showpiece but yeah i i think you know there's a time to become a bit more responsible and yeah fast bikes fast cars i love them but you've got to be careful let me take you back to something. So 2015, you was in a, a dancing competition. I was, very briefly, yeah. yeah. How was that? You're not going to ask me to dance, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. Stri I'm... Yeah, Strictly was a, a bit, it was a bit of a tainted experience for me because I really loved it, but I was gone so quick for, for a, a number of reasons. I, th I think, unfortunately for me, I was already doing a BBC documentary that year where I was like, for the first show, people probably don't realise, but I had to commute from Japan. Mm. So I arrived the day before. So I had literally a day to learn the first week's moves. Uh, whereas everyone else had like two or three weeks. And I think the, the judges got wind of that. And I, I actually truly think they thought I was doing Strictly maybe just for the money and I wasn't that interested and it was, couldn't be further from the truth because I think if I'd been in it longer, the personality I am, I, I have to be good at things, I would have improved. Yeah. So in essence, I went first, but you are there for three weeks, you do the launch show, then week one, no one goes, but they judge you, then week two, which is week three, whatever, then, then, yeah. then I went. And it was just like, it was a real shame because I felt like I was just getting started, but I loved it. What a glossy, brilliant show. Met some fantastic people. Yeah. I'm in a WhatsApp group and we all keep in contact still. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. We all, we all speak and I see a lot of the dancers from different functions from time to time and it's nice to see them. Yeah, it's a mega show. I just wish I had more time to have dedicated to it and shown them that I could have been better really. But If, if there was something that you could do in TV now, what would you, if, there, if someone said, you and here's the budget, whatever you want to do, what would you like to do in TV? I'd love to do like a documentary or like a series to do traveling the world on my bike or to do with fast cars perhaps. But in terms of programs that are still around, I'd seriously have to think about saying no, in terms of I would love to think to the jungle. Oh. I, think, I think it, when I, I love it and I watch it and I think those challenges, I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and Decker brilliant. Yeah, they I, are. Th I think that's probably one of the, the, the best TV shows out there. I think you need to go on Top Gear as well. Yeah, that'd be nice. I, I think if I anyone's watching this... I would have got a call to present that when they change the presenters. Where was my call? Yeah. So that would have been it's a really dream. Great. That would have been a dream job, to be fair. Yeah. No, to be fair, Paddy and those guys are brilliant on it. You know, it's good. I mean, look, I follow you on, on social media and that's how we got chatting. But, yeah. I mean, you travel so much. And there's yeah. loads of people out there that think travelling's amazing, it's no. great. But we all know, we know we have to do it, right? Yeah. But 
Is it as glamorous as it, as it make no. it out to be? Well, actually, the same year I was doing Strictly, I was also doing MotoGP that year, and I think I did something ridiculous. Like, I think I did 36 countries that year. It was like, so every second weekend, I was on a long-haul flight abroad or in Europe with a MotoGP. Then I was doing that BBC documentary in Japan, India, Turkey, and then I was also getting back to do Strictly and stuff. So I think with travelling, people think it looks really nice, but I literally... I, I don't like it whatsoever because all, all it becomes is like an airport, a hotel, eating food on your own, another hotel, home for a couple of days. And like, it does seem glamorous, but it's not really, no. It's tiring. Yeah, it's tiring. Travelling's really tiring. It is knackering. Because yeah. all you do, like, we all know when you go on holiday, the worst part is travelling, right? Yeah. And when, when, you, you know, when you do what you do, all you do is travel. It's what I did as an athlete. I suppose it was a bit different as an athlete because, you, you know, you'd fly to Oslo on a Tuesday. You'd race on a Wednesday, you'd be home on a Thursday, you'd do your washing, you'd be somewhere else on a Friday. But it was, it was airport, hotels, tracks, airport, ho and, and you yeah. found yourself travelling around all summer and it, and it was kind of like... And you're on your yeah, own. Yeah, it feels quite lonely. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely. On your own. Even, like, even like today, like my day today has been like chaos, really. So I was up early this morning on Good Morning Britain with a moustache. I've come to see you, then I've got to go and do another interview, then I've got my own radio show for four hours. Then I'm at a charity dinner tonight. Then I've got the breakfast show over the radio again in the morning. Then I'm travelling to Manchester for TV. Then flying home. I don't even know. Maybe tomorrow night or Sunday morning. And then next week we start again. And it's like I try to be at home more because of Teddy. Of course. But um, you've got yeah. It's a weird one because I, I suppose I'm sort of like self-employed if you want. So if a good job comes up, it's hard to say. No, I don't really want to do it. I'm tired this week. So you kind of work. You, it's, it's na natural that you you take offers as they come in, but I am definitely slowing down. This year I've slowed down more than I was. I, I was more chaotic. If, if that's slowing down, I can't imagine yeah, what was no, like I, busy. I was worse. Touching on the self-employed thing, because you are yeah. effectively self-employed, you know, you, you, yes, you get paid by, but you are self-employed yeah. effectively, right? What's, what's the, the benefits and the negatives of being self-employed? Because I know we touched on it earlier on about, look, you could have loads of work, yeah. and then all of a sudden nothing at all. Yeah, well, my work's very sporadic. You know, it's, it's a bit of a fickle industry. So, you know, my, my regular thing is my radio every Friday, Saturday. Then on top of that, one show films come in last minute, and then I might go off and I do a podcast at Southampton Football Club as well. So I do do lots of, if you want, regular bits, but a lot of it will be sporadic, like, oh, next week, are you available to film Thursday, Friday? We're doing whatever it might be. So I, th I think... It's the only way to be for me self-employed because long, long uh, the days have gone where someone might be under contract with BBC. You might have a few, but oh, yeah. why? Why is my Siri kicked off? Do you know what? I saw that Scary, on social media this morning. Someone was doing the weather and their Siri kicked off on no their phone. Way. Scary, isn't it? They're always listening. Always listening. But I didn't even say Siri, did I? No, you didn't. I've had a missed call. There's the office. You see, that would probably be to do with more travel. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think back in the day you'd have people would have like, like the handcuffs, so like someone's just with Channel 4 or you're contracted to BBC and you just do BBC. A lot of people are self-employed now, so you'll see like, you know, even, even Gary Lineker, who is Mr. BBC, he still does BT Sport and other bits and pieces. Yeah. So a lot of people now will be self-employed. Yeah. Talk about going back to cars. Yeah. I mean, in terms of cars, McLaren. I mean, you love McLaren? Yeah, yeah. Amazing cars. Anything quick, I if love. You, if you could order a car now, what would it be? Apart from McLaren, what, what car would you love to order? I've always wanted, because I had the Lamborghini Huracan, and I've always wanted the V. I've had a V8, I've, I've had a V8 Audi R, I have the R8, that was V8. I've got a V8 Merc, I had the V10, so I've got to get a V12. 12. I've oh. got the sound of a V12, so I think like an Aventador. 
or something like that. But then I've heard they're really difficult to drive. They're clunky, yeah. you know, and they're big cars. But luckily, I won't tell you, but you live out in the countryside, yeah. right? So you could, I could get, get about with driving. And but honestly, the amount of money I lose on cars recently, it's like, it's, I'm, it's, a, it's a good hobby to have. I sent to a mate on the way here, because I've just sold my Bentley and I've, I've lost a chunk of cash on it in a short period of time. And he's trying to sell his Rolls Royce and he told me how much he's losing in a shorter period of time. I'm like, ouch. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, do you know what? The amount of money we've lost, we could have like bought a flat or something. I could it's have true. bought an investment for my son. Yeah. But then I thought, you can't drive a flat, can you? No, you can't. You don't get the same enjoyment out of it. No, it's your passion. And sometimes passions yeah. cost money. And yeah, sometimes yeah. you need to spend a little bit to enjoy, I think enjoy so. it. It's like travelling. Some people spend all their money on yeah. like five-star hotels and going first class. So my travelling's never like that. No, my travelling's exactly. going to do See, a job in Manchester for three hours, then back to Southampton, then to Newcastle, whatever it but might be. When you're at home, you get to drive your Bentley. Yeah, or, well, I did. No, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you did. But still, like cars are your passion. Yeah, we, cars. We love car. love we'll, go, we'll go into some cars a little bit later on. What is next for you? Like, what is coming up? What's what's the sort of you know, what's the plan? What's I, the goal? I want to do something in the world of business away from the the fuzzy world of television and that because. As I realise as an athlete, that doesn't last forever. I also realise unless you reinvent yourself or, or change the goalposts a little bit, you become a little bit samey samey if you just you know, if you just plod along in life, continuing doing, oh I do a bit of the one show, I do a bit of radio here and there, I think you just become boring, you become a one trick pony. So I, I'm not saying I need to suddenly reinvent myself and do something totally different, but I am on the lookout to do something different that excites me, I think. To invest next into year. something maybe. I think so, yeah. Just something that a bit of a passion away from what I do at the moment. Any ideas of what that might be? I've got friends who are still do the properties, you know. I, I do enjoy property. I think that would be quite good. I've got mates who are car dealers as well who seem to be doing very well at the yeah. moment. Maybe if I'm on the other side of it. I don't know. No, I'm not sure. I, I've got a few mates who are entrepreneurs, you know. They're very bright. I don't know if my brain works like that, but I definitely think I have something to offer the business world from what I've learned as an athlete, the traits that I've got of being a professional sportsman, the mm. highs and lows. The amount I've had to battle in my life, you know, a lot of people may have seen you just turn up and do a win a race and think, oh, that's easy. They don't realise. No, no, they don't, you know, not. 11 months of the year, seven days a week, you're training your absolute heart out in the pouring rain <laughs> yeah. for that one 44 second moment, you yeah. know. So I think there's a lot you can take from the world of sport that, that can transfer over into the real world of business. And I'd like to think, you know, with my personality, my enthusiasm, I could offer something. So uh, maybe, maybe we'll do something. So, you, you've we'll got so up. much energy. Anyone who yeah. doesn't know you and doesn't follow you, your energy is so infectious. I try, to be, I try to be upbeat. I also try to be quite honest on social media if I'm having a low day. But I do get a lot of people who message me saying, your story's cracked me up. I've had a really bad day at work. Or I've had an argument with the husband. I'm having a horrible day. You've made me smile. And, and, I, and I try to reply to people. And I try and just bring a little bit of light into people's days because I think we all have dark days. Whatever you do, 100%. you're gonna come across days where you're not feeling it, you don't wanna get up, you don't wanna do anything. And I think you're not alone in that. So I try and spread the message of, it's okay not to be okay, but if you need cheering up, watch this idiot, because I'll be, <laughs> I'll be doing something. Like when I check into hotels, you know, I got a thing where I jump on, uno, I do like Teresa, and I jump on beds. I, I've broken many beds doing that. Uh, yeah, but, I, that but I don't put that on social media until I've checked out. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. I think one day I just jumped, I went one, two, three, four, and jumped on a bed, and then it turned into uno, dos, tres, cuatro. But I do this thing where I just run and jump backwards onto a bed. It's brilliant. But sometimes I'll do a running jump, sometimes I'll go over a sofa, but normally my, my thing is, I don't check the bed, I just walk straight in and do it. So I've stayed in a couple of places where I've gone through, the, I've jumped and the bed gone crack and I'm like, oh dear. Shit. So yeah, got to be careful. But yeah, I don't know why I do that. It yeah, is, but it, well, it, a lot of people send me messages of them doing it. It's it quite good. Really? That's yeah, really yeah. good. 
Talking about mental health issues, because yeah. that's a ma I know that you're a massive advocate of that, and you believe sure. in like helping and sharing and making sure that people can talk to people. Yeah. Where would you recommend people to go to? So if anyone's watching this, because I'm a massive thing for mental health. Yeah, yeah. Where, where would you think? Where could people go to to talk? Where... There's quite a few charities out there. I've done a little bit with Heads Together, which is the Prince's yeah. charity. I've done stuff with them. I think Movember, which obviously I'm a massive supporter of that. Up to 25 minutes ago, I had a mustache still. Um, but um, yeah, I just think, and also. I, I try to... Do you know what? I watched Reggie Yates do an interview once and it was really interesting. He was saying, I don't surround myself with idiots. No, I'm happy because I've cut all my ties off with people who bring negativity in my life. I won't go to a, a, a bar or a pub where I'm going to get hassled. I'll go to a quiet wine bar. And I just thought, do you know what? That's pretty smart, that is, in terms of, I think, surround yourself with people who make you feel good about yourself. Mm. And, you know, I've spent my life as an athlete having to share rooms with certain people who drain your energy. You're just like, whoa, give it a rest. They probably think that about me as well. But, <laughs> but I try now to surround myself with people who... I'm not trying to be selfish. I'm getting the best out of them, but we bounce off each other. Absolutely. And I'll look at, if I'm having a down day, I'll look at my social media. Oh, hang on. What have they been up to? They make me laugh. They do. And I'll follow people who don't moan about the world all the time, but have a laugh at themselves. Yeah. And I think sometimes laughter is the best medicine. And I think, you know, I always say to people, and I truly mean it on my social media, if you're feeling down, give me a shout. I'll get back to you. And I normally do. Honestly, yeah. I try and direct message people back and, and send them a little message because... Yeah, as I said, life can be tough. Whatever walk of life you do, I think life can be tough. There's a lot of pressures nowadays to look a certain way, to be successful. And I think that's one of the negatives of social media. Although I like it, it's an absolute... Can't swear on it, can I? You can. Well, it's, it's a bullshit world as yeah. well. It's, it's properly not real. You know, if I was to take a photo in here now, I'd do a little filter to make that outside look even better. It looks gorgeous. <laughs> but I want that tree to look nice. And, and you do, you put a yeah. filter on it, but life doesn't have a filter, does it? No, you it can't doesn't. really. So like a lot of people, you, you think on social media, God, their life's great. No, it's, it's they're not. just posting their holiday once a year to the Maldives and they've posted that same thing 30 times. <laughs> or whatever it might, you know, whatever it might be. It's so you true. Know, we, we, people, they, some people obviously don't show it how it is. That same person who might post up their glamorous life on holiday. Yeah. They've got free screaming kids at home, crappy nappies or whatever it might be. Mm, they've probably right. got a lot of stuff they won't share. No, they've probably so, got mental health issues as of, well. Of course. Yeah. So I think, listen, don't judge yourself off others on social media. It doesn't really matter how many followers you've got. Yeah, no. it's nice to have more because it's a bit of an egotistical thing. But it's nice to have good, good quality followers. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, I, I try to reply to my followers and I try and just paint a picture of reality. You know, it's but true. of course, you bit know, the a bit of both. Yeah, like, a bit of both. Because your stories are real, right? This yeah. is this is what I, I I love about social media. People can pay, 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 put a post up, yeah. which looks glamorous, it's got a filter, it looks nice. But then if you've got a true story about yourself, like yeah, I'm feeling down today, but I'm going to pick myself up. I'm going to yeah. listen to some music. Yeah. That is true story. That that's, and yours is so true. Like is yeah. You know, no, you, I'll, I'll post a picture of Teddy looking amazing in his cute outfit. But in my story, I'll go, look away now. And I'll go, oh my God, he's had an explosion nappy. You know, it's real life. Because it's real life. And I think, you know, it is what it is. And I think social media can be a brilliant tool if you yeah. use it correctly. It can yeah. be brilliant. If it gets into the wrong hands or you use it negatively, it will become a massive drain on your life. Absolutely. And I think if you, if you look at social media and you are affected by these posts and you do feel resentment, you do feel jealous, just turn it off. Like, there's no point looking. People. No, just full of... Sh there's so many out there just full of shit. Yeah. Like, just... There's no need to follow them. There's yeah. no. Everyone can buy a car. Everyone can buy yeah. a house. Everyone can post a picture. Everyone can go and get a loan. Like yeah. it's not. But fucking... we're all different as well. So don't. I, I think the main thing is, 
follow a good combination of people like you said yeah. some people you want to aspire to maybe have a life like that but yeah. then really realize their life isn't like that 24 no, there you go that's what it's all about it's that balance yeah. right life is real yes yeah. you can buy a nice house and a nice car but also life isn't always amazing yeah. you don't always feel great every single no, day it's okay not to be happy exactly. every day take my today for example later on i'm going to this beautiful charity ball tonight i've no doubt i could post a really nice picture of a lovely room in reality i'm going to be knackered by the time yeah. i get there because <laughs> yeah. i've had a really long day and I'm going to probably be there thinking oh god I've got to be up at six for the radio or should I really have that other glass of wine you know so in reality it may look like wow what a great function but sure. my head's going like that thinking I best go so, soon yeah, absolutely. You, you've ever done it today so like you know there's a right balance in life and it's amazing what people decide or, or think what they like they they just they choose what they want to see from something yeah they don't look at the bigger picture they see that something and then they make an assumption of what that is sure it's crazy yeah um Let's go back to more some personal stuff. Right. Food-wise, you love your food. Too much. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, you eat out a lot, obviously, but yeah. what, what's your favourite food? What, what's your your weakness? <sighs> Burgers are my weakness. Burgers are my weakness. But I watched that documentary, The Game Changers, the other week, and I thought, right, I'm going to go vegan, and it lasted like 12 hours. <laughs> But did you decide? But did you just quit everything? No, I did can't you just do go that. vegan. I, I think I need to go moderate. This morning, for example, I've yeah. had a vegan breakfast. It was really, really nice. Yeah. So I think it's about moderation. Maybe I should try and say to myself, right, I'm only going to have red meat once a week. I'm yeah. going to eat a bit more fish. Just try and get the right. It's like anything, like get the right balance for the lifestyle that, su that suits you. But yeah. I mean, I train hard still because I because I eat so much. My problem is I still eat as if I was an athlete burning four thousand calories a day. I'm not. I'm a 45-year-old man, soon to be 46, sitting around a lot more. But January the 5th? Yeah. Crikey. Know your guests. Eh? Yeah, know yeah. your guests. That's good, good research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, um, so, yeah, talk about the food. Yeah. You eat, you eat a lot, but you do train a lot. A lot I you, do train you a lot. Are, you are in the gym. Yeah, I train a lot. I try to mix that up as well. So I do a combination of, like, running, boxing, and I've just started doing strongman training. I love it. You know, lifting the big heavy stones and all mm. that. Yeah, you probably do it. Fuck it, I, I wish. I love it. It's just to mix it, once again, just to mix it up a bit because life becomes boring yeah. if you do the same thing all day. You like to have that, that balance is key, yeah. right? And not just, are you quite an extremist? Would you, if you find something, you just go all yeah. into it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bit like that. So like the strongman training, I've been doing it a week. Speak to me in a month's time, I go, oh, yeah, it was all right, I stopped it now. I found something <laughs> else. I'm all or nothing. I'll either give it everything and then I'll get bored of it. But at the moment, I'm into strongman training yeah. and uh, trying to eat a little bit healthier. Okay. So I think with eating healthier, but you know, if there's anyone who knows about diets and eating healthier, it's yeah, you. Because obviously, yeah, yeah. But I think what's important is, I know you said that, you know, I, I watched your story about when you said you watched the game change, you thought, I'm going to go vegan. And I think the important part that you made, though, was actually just cutting it out. Yeah. Like, you don't have to have so much meat. And I think it's just about being aware mm. of, no, if you're, if you're a great meat eater and you love burgers and chicken, it's so hard just to go cold turkey. Cut, exactly, I was going to say, it's very hard. I think if you go cold turkey, then you crave something more. So yeah. I think if you just say, to, for example, do you know what, every Saturday, that's my cheat day, I'm going to see your sweets over there. I'm going to have loads of sweets. I'm going to have a burger, my can of Coke, whatever it might be. Yeah. But I think really I've got to limit the amount because I was having probably three or four burgers a week. It's a bit too much. That is a lot. Yeah. Right. So some quick fire questions, right? Yeah. Oh, are we ready? Mr. you and Thomas. Yeah, so they're supposed to be quick fire, right? You ready? Okay. Right. Do you want really quick answers then? No. Nah, ish. No, ish. Yeah, yeah. Texting or talking? Unfortunately, texting. Ooh, okay. Favourite day of the week? Sunday. Liverpool or Man City? Let's go Liverpool. Oh, you can stay. Would you rather be able to speak any language in the world or talk to animals? 
Oh, talk to animals. That'd be amazing. <laughs> it would be good. I get them to do all my spy work. Go and find out what's happening next door. <laughs> That's a good one. I like yeah. that. I like speaking to animals. Um, morning or evening? Morning. Okay. Say a word in Spanish. Ciao. Is yeah. that Spanish? <laughs> That's Italian. Ciao Italiano. <laughs> Spanish. Um, but I don't even speak Spanish. La porfo, uh, la, la cuenta por favor. Por favor, I yeah. like it. Okay, that means or, where's the bill? Or cerveza. Oh, well, beer. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, beer. Um, what does a person? What does a person need to be happy? Good people. Ooh, yeah, it's good. What's your favourite car? That, that I've owned or that I could ever have. Let's just go Lamborghini Aventador. Oh, naughty. Uh, have you ever worn socks with sandals? I've never worn sandals. Well, I couldn't, no, <laughs> I've never done the both. Actually, I'm lying. I think <laughs> once I popped to the garden and I had to get something and I've just put my sandals on. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. But not in public. <laughs> not in public. No, don't Never. do that. Savory or sweet? Sweet. Okay. What's, your, what's been your most embarrassing moment? There's been many. Going off first week of Strictly. <laughs> Why? Because do you feel like you lost? should have done better. Yeah. Yeah, but do you know what? So what? There's another time. At least I got asked to do it and I got paid, yeah. got paid the same money, by the way. The- yeah, best week's earnings ever. Amazing. <laughs> if, nice. If there was three words that yeah. you could sort of take with you or give people to like users advice every day, what three words would they be? So like one of mine yeah. is action, for instance. Okay, I'd say kindness, patience, smile. I know they don't work together, but smile. That's nice. All really nice. I love that. Yeah. If there was two, if you, God forbid your house is on fire, yeah. right? You had to pick up two items, can't be family. Okay. You had two items, what would you go and get? What? Can I grab my whole, the whole safe because it's got all my medals in it? <laughs> I wouldn't want to pick one. <laughs> grab the safe, yeah. That'd be heavy, wouldn't it? Okay, so I'd go motorbike and safe. Oh, not yeah. even the phone. No, ah, I, can, I love uh, that. Can replace my phone. I love that. Can replace. Well, I could replace my motorbike. Is that a bit materialistic, motorbike? No, safe? not at all. It's a pride. No. It's a pride and joy. Safe is my medals, basically. Of that, course, you know, that's all that's in there. But that... do you not keep your medals out? No, sadly, I don't. Why? And I, because I just fear if you ever got burgled or something mm. like that, some crackhead would take a medal and sell it for nothing down the street. That's but true. It, it's, it's priceless to me. Yeah, absolutely. I do have my vests all on display though. So I've got all my vests and you get a commemorative little medal from those championships. Yeah. They're on the walls. So they look nice. But in terms of my medals, yeah. It's, do you know what? I got my Olympic medal out for the first time the other day to show my boy. He didn't know what it was. He was just playing with it like that and just threw it on the floor. But it, you know, no. I can't wait for the day that he's old enough for me to say, your daddy was a professional sportsman and I won these. Yeah, yeah. I just can't wait for him to sort of understand who I am. That is so nice. I'm his dad, obviously, but in terms of, I suppose, what I've done. Christmas with the family? First, yeah, first time for Teddy, yeah, first amazing, Christmas. Amazing, amazing. So yeah, it, this, this time last year, it was very different, obviously, heavily pregnant. He was about to be born. It came just after Christmas, so yeah, can't wait. No, amazing, because this is gonna go out Boxing Day. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, nice, happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas, yeah. yeah so Boxing Day, I'm trying to fit with Southampton and playing on Boxing Day, my team. I'll probably be watching Southampton crying somewhere because we've lost. <laughs> was there any other teams that you ever supported or liked? Well, Wikipedia would tell you Spurs, wouldn't it? Yeah, but yeah, so yeah. basically my dad is from Edmonton. So as a kid, really? he used to take me mm. to White Hart Lane. So I'd gone the back of his motorbike and watched Spurs. So growing up, my team was Spurs. And I know you should never really switch. But then when I moved to Southampton in 1996, I started obviously following how they were getting on. And I'm an ambassador for the charity that's associated oh, to the amazing. club now. So like Southampton are my team, but Perfect. as a child growing up, yeah, Spurs. Sure. Doesn't matter. Like, you know, that's, 
you're doing great. I know you shouldn't really turn turn your attention to. So is your club, mum Welsh? My mum's from North Wales, so my yeah. mum's proper Welsh speaking, first language Welsh, and it used to really make me freak out as a child because she'd speak to me and my brother only in Welsh. We didn't understand it, but then she'd speak to her mum on the phone in Welsh, and I, as I was getting older, I'd be paranoid. What are you saying is about it? me? <laughs> I kept thinking, he's a naughty boy. He's not doing his own work. This bloody kid. <laughs> but I don't know. Who's your Welsh hero? <sighs> I suppose someone like Ryan Giggs. Ooh, yeah, okay. Giggsy, something like that. Unbelievable athlete. Yeah. He was incredible. Yeah, brilliant. Colin Jackson as an athlete. Yeah, of Superb. course. Superb. Yeah. But I never sort of grew up, I never really had many heroes growing up, if I'm honest with you. All right. So if there was a film made about you, who would, who, which actor would play you? Paul Bettany. <laughs> <laughs> Only because he sort of looks smooth. I'd like to say we'd we'll see that picture in the bow tie. No, no, the bow tie. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. Who, I don't know who would play me. It'd have to be someone. Some. Yeah, you'd want the youngest version of you, wouldn't you? So I don't know. <laughs> the youngest version. Some cool do you, dude. Do you, are you worried about getting old? Not really. No. Not really. My mates are all really decent, proper lads. Yes, and the same mates I've had forever. So my best mate from back home is a fireman. My other mate Sam's a fireman. You've got Taxi Tim. You've got my mate Gumbo who cuts the grass for the council. And compared to them, with all due respect, I think I'm doing all right. <laughs> so like, we're, you know, I look, I look at them and I think I'm all right at the moment. Because you know, obviously a lot of sportsmen and women, they're retired and suddenly just balloon up, don't they? Mm, yeah. So I, I've, I've kept myself sort of in shape. I think I'm doing all right for 45. I think I'm all right. You look great. Yeah, oh, I think I'm all right. Yeah. Well, I, was, I got told today, I look peng. <laughs> Peg I wasn't, tatt- I wasn't sure someone said your tattoos are peng. But you're tattooed all over I am, as well. Yeah, yeah, which is to my parents' great resentment. They hate my tattoos. And but like, you, yeah. You like a bit of ink. I you ever thought about trying it's, to do it yourself? Addictive. No. Oh, wow. There's a new future, maybe. There you go. My brother just bought literally a tattoo in pen when you can buy some skin. And oh, he's okay. I thought you were going to say he's, he's practicing on you. I said, fuck that. You I've must got love no your tattoos brother. tattoos at all. Got yeah, no don't, tattoos. Don't. My, my one thing I was saying, it's not a regret because basically my tattoos all mean something. So I started with that, which is a gateway to heaven when my friend died. And from there, it's sort of good angels and bad angels. They all mean something to me. But I must say, I don't know if I'm an addictive personality or tattoos are addictive. I think tattoos it's are addictive. addictive. Yeah. And I also think, and this is going to sound a weirdo saying it, and I don't mean it like to disrespect anyone who's got tattoos. I also think it's a very strange way of sort of almost like self-hatred. Really? Yeah. I think it's a bit of self-harming. Yeah. I do because I think a lot of people will have a, because it hurts and I'll do like six or seven hours per sitting mm-hmm. and I'll think never again. And then you go back in there and oh. you think, as soon as you hear the, the gun go, bring the pain. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Like you can have numbing cream. Some people have numbing cream for tattoos. I'm like, I don't even have a paracetamol. Just get on with yeah. it. And it really hurts. And I don't want to hurt myself and I'm not condoning that self-harming whatsoever. But I do think there's an element when it comes to tattoos of, I don't know, not self-loathing. Because it's not it's a way to express I know what you mean. But it's I like people that like harming. bondage and that, that sort yeah, of, you know, yeah, sexual I, fetish. Yeah, I'm not saying so yeah, But, yeah. you know, it's the same where they get hit pain. and they love it. Yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with a bit of pain. No, but, it, but it's a weird one. But I think, I think if I'm honest, and my dad would love to hear this, I think if I could have my time again, I wouldn't get tattoos. Fair play to you. Yeah, I like yeah, that. I'll be yeah. yeah, I, I like that. My tattoos, yep. And I'm probably not finished. I'll probably get more. <laughs> yeah. If I could go back to being a black, I sometimes look at pictures of myself as a pure athlete with no ink, and I think, oh, you've done that to your skin. That's amazing. But I, I do have them so I can hide them. So when I'm on TV, I'll yeah. wear a shirt and, yeah. You look great. You and Thomas, it's been an absolute pleasure. Loved it. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Thanks for listening. I hope you had a lovely Christmas. Have a lovely new year as well. Yeah. Here's to 2020. Have a good one. Let's smash it. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,